Praise God, my brothers and sisters in the Lord. It's a privilege for Ian and I once again to share God's holy word with you. Indeed, we are a privileged people. This morning, we're going to continue with our subject, and that being premarital counseling. Our topic for this morning is the role of the husband in the Christian marriage. But before I start, I have to apologize that when I consider all the videos that we have done, I don't think it's in chronological sequence. Some of the other, <laughs> I've got them all mixed up here, there, anywhere and everywhere. But praise God, God will sort it out. And that for He is good. I trust that you are enjoying the teachings and that the Lord is challenging you. Now remember, bear in mind that these teachings were teachings that I've done over the years when I've done premarital counseling. So all this teaching is based on premarital counseling. So without further ado, let's go to the scriptures. And I want to read this morning from Proverbs chapter 5, verse 15 to verse 19. Proverbs verse 15 to 19 of chapter 5. Drink waters out of thine own cistern, and running waters out of thine own well. Let thy fountains be dispersed abroad and rivers of waters in the streets. Let them be only thine own and not strangers with thee. Let thy fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of thy youth. Let her be as a loving hind and pleasant roe. Let her breast satisfy thee at all times and be thou ravished always with her love. May God add his blessing to the reading of his precious and holy word. The role of the husband in the Christian marriage. No doubt, marriage is one of the ultimate blessings from God. Sadly, many Christians do not experience all of the blessings that the Christian marriage brings. Many no doubt wonder why their marriages are not blessed like other Christian marriages are. The answer is so simple. With all blessings that come from God, there are responsibilities that accompany the blessings. Ignore the responsibilities and we will lose out on the blessings. Marriage is an ongoing covenant relationship between a man and a woman. Not only is the gender different, the personalities of both the man and the woman are often poles apart and therefore living out the responsibilities that accompany the Christian marriage is vital for ensuring a blessed marriage. For our Christian marriages to experience the blessings of God, we have to live up to our responsibilities. Both the man and the woman have respective roles to play in the Christian marriage. This morning, 
the role of the husband. The first role of the husband, first and foremost, is love. The ultimate, the vital, the crucial, the critical role of the husband is that first and foremost, he loves his wife. This love is in no way a love that is normally in the world. It is a sacrificial love. It always places the wife first. The husband dies to self. He endeavors by the grace of God to esteem his wife at all times above himself. For the husband's love to be genuine and effective, it has to be modeled on the example that our Lord Jesus Christ has set forth with his love for the church. Note the scripture. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Let me reiterate. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. That's found in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Now, there are several types of love that the husband must be acquainted with in order to truly love his wife as Christ loved the church. The Greek language uses four words that best describes the various types of love. Eros denotes passionate love with sensual desire and longing. Philia symbolizes friendship. Storch a compronounce but I'll spell it to you, S-T-O-R-G-E. Storch speaks of affection. Agape expresses unconditional love. It is normal for a husband to passionately desire his wife. His wife should be his best friend. At all times he must show his wife affection. But for his love to be genuinely authentic, he must love his wife with an, an agape love. Of all who ever loved, there's one person who truly loved this way, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. His love for his church is unconditional. He loves us the way we are, and that with all our warts and all. His unconditional love does not demand perfection, only love in return. This unconditional love of Jesus Christ covers a multitude of sins. To have a blessed marriage, the husband must love his wife with a love that covers and cancels out all her imperfections. Other than a love that overlooks all the imperfections of the wife, the husband's love for his wife must be likened also to the way Jesus gave himself for the church. Jesus is not only the foundation of the church, he's also the head as well. Ephesians 2.20 These unique positions that Jesus enjoys in the church 
were in a sense earned by Jesus. He gave himself for the church. He shed his life's blood for the church. He took the place of the church on the cross of Calvary. In like manner, the husband is meant to be the bedrock and the head of the marriage. Just as Jesus earned these positions, so must the husband. He must give himself. The husband must base his relationship with his wife on the example that Jesus Christ had set. Considering the example of Jesus, the following is to be noted. Jesus gave himself. Jesus made himself of no reputation. Jesus became a servant. He gave his life. Let's read the scripture and see how the scripture describes the role of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 8. Though the husband and wife are equal, for they are one in the Lord. The husband, to ensure a blessed and honorable marriage, has to make himself of no reputation. He must become a servant to his wife. He must esteem her better than himself. Her needs must become paramount in the marriage. He must die to his needs and at all times put her first. He must emulate Jesus Christ. Undoubtedly, this is a great demand and yet it is more than possible. God in his goodness would not ask this of the husband without giving him the wherewithal. In fact, the wherewithal that God grants the husband to perform the impossible is within himself. I want to read those three sentences again. Undoubtedly, this is a great demand and yet it is more than possible. God in his goodness would not ask this of the husband without giving him the wherewithal. In fact, the wherewithal that God grants a husband to perform the impossible is within himself. The husband need not look further than himself. God, in his goodness to the husband, shows faith towards him. God believes in him, and all God requires of the husband is that he treats his wife the way he would treat himself. Listen to the word. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loves himself. For no man yet hates his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. Husband, husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against him. 
If you as a Christian love yourself and care for yourself and regard yourself in that same way you love yourself, you must love your wife. Amen. The role of the husband, number two. Honor your wife as your equal. Husbands should place their wives on a pedestal. I asked my son-in-law yesterday, tell me, Kevin, what does the word honor mean? And then I answered it for myself, hoping that you would agree with me. I asked him, oh, Kevin, to honor your wife, does that mean to put her on a pedestal? And he says, yes. So husbands should place their wives on a pedestal of honor. They should look up to their wives. This simply means that they should honor and respect their wives. Placing your wife on a pedestal simply means you honor and respect your wife. Marriages often fail because husband, husbands treat their wives as the weaker vessel in the marriage. Husbands fail to understand that the miracle of marriage is oneness. When you treat your wife as an inferior and she being one with you, you are treating yourself therefore also as an inferior. Because if you treat your wife as an inferior who is one with you, then you consider yourself as inferior as well. Now, though the woman was created for the man, the husband must come to the conclusion that both are participants of the grace of God in the marriage. Just as much as she needs the grace of God in the expression of her love to her husband, so does the husband require the grace of God in the expression of his love to his wife. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Husbands, honor your wife. Put her on the pedestal. Yes, she might be the weak, weaker vessel, but she is one with you. And if you treat her as a weaker vessel and she is one with you, then you're treating yourself as a weaker vessel. Through the word of God, it is clear, no doubt, that the wife is the weaker vessel. 1 Peter 3, 7. However, the husband is not to treat her as such. He at all times is to respect and honor his wife. In the series of premarital counseling, we had a teaching on respect in the marriage. And it will be good to remind ourselves of the acronym I shared with you. And to honor your wife simply means to respect your wife. And let's reiterate the acronym for respect, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, respect. R, respect your wife. E, encourage your wife. S, serve your wife. P, praise your wife. E, enthuse your wife. C, congratulate your wife and concur with your wife as with an equal. Amen. Congratulating, yes, when she does good things, but also concur with her as an equal, agree with her, and T, always 
Thank your wife. The role of the husband, praise your wife. You know, people are people. And most people respond positively to praise. And sometimes, to bring the very best out of people, we have to praise them. The husband must be wise in his relationship with his wife, and often, to bring the best out of her, he should praise her. Praise, while bathed in sincerity, often will further bring forth more godly qualities. When you praise your wife, not only will she acknowledge your praise, not only will she be pleased with your praise, but some of the other, that praise that you bestow upon her becomes a seabed for more better qualities in her life. People respond to praise positively. And a wise husband will praise his wife privately and publicly. You will constantly commend her for her cooking, her dressing, her caring, etc., etc. The husband that praises his wife, listen to this carefully, and I believe it's a word from the Lord. The husband that praises his wife is proud of his wife. I want to say that again. The husband that praises his wife Praises his, wife, praises his wife privately and publicly, is proud of his wife. Hear what the word says. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises his wife. Proverbs 31 verse 28. A further role of, his, of the husband. Please your wife. In all aspects of the mar marital relationship, the husband ought to please his wife. God has placed within the husband, husband and the wife a sexual drive that only they are to satisfy, and therefore the husband ought to excel in his lovemaking towards his wife. Hear the word of the Lord. But he that is married with the things that are of the world, of the world, how he may please his wife. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. You have to please your wife in your lovemaking to the wife. Then, the role of the husband. Receive God's counsel from your wife. I find that it's strange that men always offer counsel to the wife. But very few men, very few husbands, want to receive counsel from the wife. And the husband has to realize that often through the cares of the world that weigh upon his shoulders and that being providing for the family, he may not hear the true word of God. Yes, he does pray, he does hear from God, but his business as the husband, as a provider, often robs him of hearing from God. Because his mind is preoccupied with the occupation of providing for his wife and his family. And it is when he faces uncertainty 
that he ought to listen to the wise counsel of his wife. He has to be aware of the truth that both he and the wife as priests bring to each other. Both are constantly interceding on behalf of each other and often the Lord would speak through the wife and offer wise counsel to the husband. Let me now give you several examples in the Old Testament. Let's turn to the book of Judges. Amen. Let's turn to the book of Judges. Let me just see what chapter. Bit of old age on my part. Chapter 13. Chapter 13. And we read from verse 19 to 23. Now, I'm afraid I've got the wrong verse. <laughs> oh, boy, boy, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no. Uh, I went to Joshua instead of uh, Judges. All age, all age. Judges 13. And verse 19. So Manoah took a kid with a meat offering and offered it upon the rock unto the Lord, and the angel did wondrously. And Manoah and his wife looked on. For it came to pass when he, when the flame went up toward heaven from off the altar, that the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar, and Manoah and his wife looked on it and fell on their faces to the ground. But the angel of the Lord did no more appear to Manoah and to his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was an angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to his wife, We shall surely die because we have seen God. Now listen to the advice of the wife. In verse 23, But his wife said unto him, If the Lord were pleased to kill us, he would not have received a burnt offering and a meat offering at our hands. Neither would he have showed us all things, nor would, as at this time, we have told such things as these. Manoah was afraid that God was about to kill him <laughs> and his wife. But look at the words of comfort and counsel that the wife gives him. So the man of God, the husband, ought to incline his ear to the words of his wife. Because at times, she speaks forth the wisdom of God. Let's go to... 1 Samuel, chapter 25, and verse 9 to 33. 1 Samuel, chapter 25. Amen. 1 Samuel, chapter 25. And when David's young men came, they spake to Nabal, according to all those words in the name of David. And Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David? And who is the son of Jeshi? There are many servants now at days that break away every man from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my flesh and have killed for my shares and give it to unto men who I know not whence they be? So David's young men turned their way and went again and came and told him all those sayings. And David said unto his men, Gird ye on every man his sword, and they girded on every man his sword, and David also girded on his sword, 
And there went up unto David about 400 men, and 200 men abode by the staff. But one of the young men told Abigail, neighbor's wife, saying, Behold, David sent messengers out of the wilderness to salute our master, and he railed on them. But the men were very good unto us, and we were not hurt, neither missed we anything as long as we were conversant with them when we were in the fields. They were a wall unto us both by day and night, all the while we were with them keeping their sheep. They actually protected the people. Now therefore know and consider what thou wilt do, for evil is determined against our master and against all his household, for he is such a son of Belial that a man, a man cannot speak to him. Then Abigail made haste and took two hundred loaves and two bottles of wine and five sheep ready dressed and five measures of parched corn and a hundred clusters of raisins and two hundred cakes of wheat and laid them on asses. And she said unto her servants, Go on before me. Behold, I come after you. But she told not her husband Nabal. And it was so as she rode on the ass that she came down by the covert of the hill. And behold, David and his men came down against her and she met them. Now David had said, Surely in vain have I kept all that this fellow hath in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed of all that pertained unto him, and he hath requited me evil for good. So and more also do God unto the enemies of David. If I leave of all that pertained to him by the morning, light, any that pisseth against the wall. And when Abigail saw David, she hates and lighted up the ass and fell before David on her face and bowed herself to the ground and fell at his feet and said, Upon me, my Lord, upon me, let this iniquity be. And let the handmaid, I pray thee, speak in thine audience and hear the words of thine handmaid. Let not, my Lord, I pray thee, regard this man of Belial, even Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name and folly is with him. But then Haman saw not the young men of my Lord, whom thou dost send. Now therefore, my Lord, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul have seen the Lord have withholding thee from coming to shed blood, and from avenging thyself with thine own hand, now let thine enemies and they seek evil to, to my Lord be as neighbor. Now the blessing, now this blessing which thine Haman had brought unto my Lord, let it even be given unto the young men that follow my Lord. I pray thee, forgive the trespass of thine handmaiden, for the Lord will certainly make my Lord a sure house, because my Lord fighted the battles of the Lord, and evil hath not found in thee all the days. Yet a man is risen to pursue thee and to seek thy soul, but the soul of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of light with the Lord thy God. And the souls of thine enemies then shall he sling it as out of the middle of a sling. And it shall come to pass when the Lord shall have done to my Lord, Lord according to all that the good that he hath spoken concerning thee, and shall have appointed thee ruler over Israel. That this shall be no grief unto thee, no offense of heart unto my Lord, either that thou hast shed blood causeless, or that my Lord hath avenged himself. But when the Lord shall have dealt well with my Lord, remember thine handmaid. And David said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which sent thee this day to meet me. And blessed be thy advice, and blessed be thou which has kept me this day from coming to shed blood, and from avenging myself with mine own hand. What a lady! What a lady! Her husband in no way wanted to share his bounty with David and David's men. Although David for many a time was protecting them, when they asked food of this man, he refused. But knowing the danger thereof, Abigail, a wise woman, 
goes and she takes food to David and she begs mercy from David. And this is it. Sometimes when the husband is foolish, the wife must act wisely. Then there's also, uh, let's turn to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8 to 10. And we have to receive counsel from our wife. Amen? From our wives. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8 to 10. And it fell on the day that Elijah passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was so, that as often as he passed by, he turned thither to eat bread. And she said unto her, to her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which passes by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall. And let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be, when he cometh to us, that he shall turn in there. Amen. She gave wise counsel to, the, to her husband. She said, look after the men of God. Amen. Honor the man of God. Let's build a little room for him that he, he can at least rest while he's, on, while he's on his journeys. So we ought to receive counsel from our, from our wives. Then one of the ultimate roles of a husband also, he is the provider for the family. In our modern day, it's common for both husband and wife to work. However, we must realize that the chief provider for the wife and family is the husband. Amen. He has to put bread on the table. Hear the word of the Lord. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he had denied his faith and is worse than an infidel. As a husband, you must provide for your family. I will not, not touch on another two very important roles of the husband and father. I believe that the father and mother are parents, but the father plays a vital role as the parent. And his duty, the role of a father and a husband is number one, provide for his wife and family, protect his wife and family, and promote his sons and his daughters. I trust that this teaching has been a blessing to you, and we will continue uh, a bit later with the role of the wife in the marriage. God bless you, and have a blessed day. Amen. Hallelujah.